Hello, everybody. This is Hannah Kessler here. I'm taking over the podcast today. What I wanted to talk about is something that I get a lot. You know, I'm talking to people on the phone and uh, or people who come to us and they're out there and I always get the question, well, can you explain the infinite banking concept to me in a brief overview of like five minutes? And truthfully, it's kind of hard. Okay, because what we have to do is we have to reprogram our mind and it's a paradigm shift. This whole concept that we're teaching, the infinite banking concept, it's not conventional wisdom that your financial advisor, that your CPA or your friends and your families and your colleagues, this is not something that they are doing or they have been taught to do of how to handle their money. So what I thought is I would go in and I would kind of explain a brief overview of the infinite banking concept. And I'm going to try and keep this podcast under 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes is kind of my goal. So first to really dive into this, you know, the best way to really understand this concept is two ways. Number one is it all comes from the book Becoming Your Own Banker by R. Nelson Nash. All right, you can purchase that book from Amazon or go to our website, themoneymultiplier.com. And underneath the resources tabs, there'll be a book section and you can see all of our books that we recommend on there. So this all stems from Becoming Your Own Banker by R. Nelson Nash. And we teach from the fifth edition book. So that's one way where you can fully get the foundation knowledge of this IBC method, infinite banking concept, and also our presentation that we have online. If you go to www.themoneymultiplier.com and you go up to the top underneath the resources tab again and click on presentation and you'll see the full 90-minute presentation on this concept kind of laying down examples of how to use your infinite banking policy and of course the why do we want to do this? How are we doing this? What's even going on in this world of infinite banking? So anyways, I'll hop right into it. So infinite banking is a process. That's number one. It's not about the product. It's about the process and the concept of how you store your money and where your cash is flowing from. So how I think of my infinite banking policies is I think of them as this is a place of where I warehouse my wealth. So for all of you new listeners, this might surprise you. So go back to a few of our other podcasts that we have recorded before. But what we're doing is we are taking a whole life insurance policy with a mutual company that pays dividends and we design this policy specifically for this infinite banking concept. We design it for immediate high cash value access so you can start using your policies to maybe pay down debt, maybe use the policy to go do a down payment on a house. To In my own personal life right now, I want to use my policy and I'm in the market to go purchase a conversion 
minivan. So I'm going to be financing that thing all through my whole life policy uh, in my privatized bank of the bank of Hannah Kessler. So that's really what it is. Instead of storing your money in somebody else's bank, i.e. U.S. Bank, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, I'm now storing my wealth with inside of my policy itself, my privatized bank. So the reason that I want to store it in my own privatized bank is, is because it's control. You, you know, one big thing that happens, and actually I'm in the process of reading the book, uh, The Creature from Jekyll Island. You guys should go look that up. The Creature from Jekyll Island. And it really hones in on the problems that the American banking system has and, and what's causing all of it, the Federal Reserve and the World Bank out there, and how it might not be the best thing for the general public. Even though we we did... We were all fed that, hey, you know, th this is going to benefit the public's interest, that this is going to be a great thing for our economy and for our country. No, no, no. When you start really peeling back the onion of what's going on in the banking world, in the banking sector of our country, there's so much crap that, that's going on that is just not benefiting the public and the taxpayers uh, as us Americans. So what we're doing is, is that we are taking back that control of our financial life. So the number one reason kind of that I don't like to keep my money inside of a conventional bank is, is because if you really think your money is backed up by the FDIC, you better go back in and do your research and your homework. If everybody in the country did what's called a run on the banks and went to their bank, into their local bank or, or their big uh, bank that we all know the names of, and they go to their to the bank teller and request to get all of their money out, we might be having some problems because what's going on is, is that conventional banks operate on something what's called fractional reserve banking, where basically we, the depositors, we leave our money there inside of that conventional bank. And now the bank legally can lend out up to $12 for every $1 that they have on hand. So meaning if everybody does a run to the bank, the bank teller is not going to have your money sitting back there in that vault. What they are doing is they are moving your money and putting it into different investment avenues where they can capitalize on it. Or, or maybe they're giving it to your neighbor who wants to go out and, and purchase a house. So what I mean by that is is. is is our money really protected inside our conventional bank? And is it really protected and backed up by the FDIC? No. Go out there and do some research for some real life examples of how people have done run on the banks and the bank tellers cannot give them their money because it's out there working for them. They don't have that cash on hand for you. So what we do is, is that I put my money into my whole life policies because number one, I am the owner of it. I have first rights to all of the cash inside of my policies.
And now with that cash, because I guess I should say this, because what's the difference between a life insurance company and a conventional bank is honestly, there's two main things. Number one is, is that there's really no difference. There's both places to store your money. But the main difference is, is that over at the life insurance company, I am the owner of my policy contract, and thus that means I have first rights to all of the money inside of my policy because I am the owner of it. You see, insurance companies operate on something called Austrian economics, where insurance companies cannot lend out more money than what they have on hand. So meaning that $1 has to protect $1 within their portfolio. So what we're doing, so, so basically what I mean is, is that the insurance company, you're always going to be protected because of the keyword and their operations of Austrian economics and their guidelines and their values. So now that we're using this policy, I mean, really the only difference is, is that I want you to start using your policy to go buy the stuff that you're already doing in life, right? So I guess I want to go through an example. One example that kind of comes to the top of my head is, you know, let's say that we're in the market to go purchase a car. And really the reason that I'm using a car is it's because people understand cars. You know, we've gone out, we purchased a car, we, we've leased a car, we've driven a car, we've ridden in a car, right? We, we all just understand cars. So let's say that there's different ways to finance your car, right? You can go to the conventional bank and bank finance it. Uh, you can lease the car, right? You can pay cash for the car. Or what I do is I take a loan from my privatized bank, i.e. my infinite banking whole life insurance policy. And, and now I finance that car myself, and the reason I want to do it this way is, is because when I put my money inside of my whole life insurance policy, I start something called uninterrupted compounding on my cash inside of my policy. As Albert Einstein says, compounding interest is the eighth wonder of the world. Those who understand it earn it and those who don't pay it. So what I'm doing is, is that inside of these whole life insurance policy contracts, my money compounds for me at an uninterrupted rate. And at the same time, I can still take that money out without interrupting the compounding. I can still take that money out and go purchase that car or that vehicle that I wanted to go do. Where let's say on the flip side, if I'm going to take my, my money out of say my checking account or my savings account and go and purchase that car, I have withdrawn that money from my savings or checking account and I've given it over to the car people. That money is gone. You know, it was sitting inside of your pocket 
earning you interest and working for you. But now that you've taken that money out and gone and given it to the car dealership, that money has left your hands and left your family forever. And there's no way to recycle or recapture those dollars. You see, what's going on inside of my whole life policy is is that when I take a loan from my policy, I am not actually touching the dollars or the bucket that's sitting inside of my policy. What I'm doing is I'm putting my policy up for collateral and I'm borrowing from the general funds of the insurance company. So all of my money is still growing for me at a guaranteed 4% inside of my contract. And reminder that that's just not me telling you that. That's inside of your policy contract in the verbiage. So I'm still receiving a uninterrupted compounding 4% on my money. And I'm able to take out my loan and go buy the car that I want to go buy. I have never heard of another vehicle that allows you to still earn interest on your money. At the same time, you're able to take it out and go do X, Y, and Z that you want to go do with it. So the the reason that, that it's so powerful is because that money never leaves my family. It's still sitting in my policy working for me at the guaranteed growth rate. That's why we love it so much that there's no other vehicle on this planet that allows you to do that with these features and benefits. So really what it is that we're also doing is is that we, to go back to my opening statement of reprogramming our mind, we need to get into the mindset of a banker, okay? So how do banks turn their liabilities into assets, right? Because we, the depositors, when we leave our money at the conventional bank, that bank now owes us interest because we're leaving it there for them. They they owe us interest on it. So that is a liability to that bank. So now that conventional bank, how do they turn around and make that liability an asset? Loans. They're in the lending business. So what I want you to do with your whole life insurance policy, your infinite banking policy, is I want you to take out loans from your policy and I want you to go put your little green men to work for you. It's the same thing like in a HELOC, right? A home equity line of credit. You have equity sitting inside of your house. Why are you not using it? All of that equity is just sitting there. Yeah, it's peace of mind. But, you know, put that money to work for you. You know, that money is sitting on your couch eating your potato chips when it could be out there in different investment avenues doing the work for you. So then now you don't have to go work for all of your green men or I i.e. your little your green dollars so this concept is really teaching the true financial freedom of how you can push your dollar even farther for you so that you don't have to go work for it and you can enjoy this one life that we have here on this earth so and honestly if you want to go look it up what i would look up is something called bauer 
bauerfinancial.com. B-A-U-E-R, bauerfinancial.com. And in there, there'll be statements. You can look up, you know, your your small hometown bank that, that uh, is local to you. Or you can look up the big bank branches that we all know the names of and look up their annual report. And what you'll notice is, is that banks are making no less than 400 to 1300% annually on the money that you leave there with them. They are taking your money and they're capitalizing on your money. All I want you to do is mimic and imitate the bank. I want you to be earning all of that interest on yourself and all of those earning profits on you instead of letting the banks take control of it. So with this concept, it's called the infinite banking concept for a reason. You know, number one, this method could be used for any product or service that we want to go out and purchase in our life. It's not... uh, What's the right word? It's not limited to anything that we want to go out and go buy. Um, another thing, you know, infinite. Within side of these whole life policies, we don't talk about it a lot. But yes, there's a death benefit that's associated with these whole life policies, whether we like it or not. There's always going to be a death benefit on it. So, so what we want to do is we are creating a legacy. So hopefully you'll hang around us more and more. You'll, you'll start drinking the Kool-Aid and hanging around the campfire with us. And, and you'll start to see the power behind keeping the money inside of the family. And then you'll go teach this to your kids, your grandchildren, your sisters, uh, brothers, your parents, and show them that the financial legacy that can happen if everybody in the family really started implementing this concept. So let me tell you something. My dad right now, he owns 19 policies, 19 whole life policies. And he does not leave any of his money inside of a conventional bank. So actually what he does is he only keeps about three months of overhead inside of a conventional bank. So the rest of his capital, he stores it inside of his whole life policies or he has it out there working for him in hard money lending that he does, or uh, he, he, he's into real estate property and, and kind of Airbnb, those VRBOs. You know, he, he's using his policies for his little green men to go work for him over there. So really the only reason that he keeps about three months of overhead inside of his conventional bank is for the ease of credit cards and mobile banking. Okay, but the rest of his capital, he doesn't like it sitting in there because, again, is our money really protected inside of our conventional bank? No. And I want you to go look it up. I know you hear me talking to you, but go look this stuff up and and fact check me. I encourage you to do it. So. Now that you're kind of understanding that the whys we want to do this, you know, another why is let's talk about that hidden tax called inflation. If you are not earning more than 3.2% on your money, because that's the inflation rate right now, 3.2% as I'm talking to you here in March of 2021. If you are not earning more than that, you are losing money to that hidden tax called inflation. 
So if we are not earning more than that, we are losing money and we're going to get into a financial catastrophe later down the road. Because let me ask you something. How many people do you know at retirement age who are who are out there working because they didn't take into consideration all of the moving parts in the financial world of what's going on? Inflation, taxes, you know, taxes are always going to go up. Oh my gosh, let's talk about taxes real quick. I didn't even hit on that. But everything inside of your whole life policy... The, the premium deposit that we put in, they are after-tax dollars. And once it goes into that policy, all of our money grows at a tax-free rate. Tax-free. Go look it up. Section 7702 of the IRS tax code. It tells you in there that whole life policies are tax-free. So what we want to do is we want to pay tax on our money one time, one time only at the lowest rate possible and then get it into a tax-free environment where it grows tax-free for us. So totally opposite to what we've been programmed, right? Our 401ks, our IRAs, you know, what we're doing is, is those, are, uh, those are plans where we're putting in pre-tax dollars and we're not allowed to touch that thing until age 59 and a half without paying the penalty. And then we got to pay tax on the big seed, the harvest. And, and at that point in time, our tax is going to be higher than today or lower, well, they're going to be higher. That's just how history has it. Taxes are going to keep going up. So you, you want to be in control and you want to be the main one that directs the cash in your life. Stop letting the government, stop letting the banks be in total control of you. You need to start breaking the bonds of financial slavery that you don't even realize that you are in and start being in control of your life. So anyways, I'll kind of leave it off here. I want you guys to go look up some real life examples of who is using this in this world. Because remember, this infinite banking concept, it's nothing new. It's not on trial. And matter of fact, it's been around longer than our tax code. Our tax code's only been here since 1913. So inside of these policies, there's so many things that we can do. So, for instance, you know, our president right now, Joe Biden, go look it up. Joe Biden tells you that he does not keep any money inside of his checking or savings account. He stores all of his wealth inside of his whole life insurance policies. Why is he doing that? Is he stupid? I don't know. How about this? You know, banks, banks are the number one purchasers of whole life insurance in the world. Go look it up. Go look up something called BOLI, B-O-L-I, and it stands for Bank Owned Life Insurance. And if you Google that, you'll see the hundreds of pages that come up of how much life insurance banks actually own. And you're probably thinking to yourself, well, how do they own life insurance? You know, they're putting these policies on their key employees at the banks. So, so I challenge you, next time that you're at your conventional bank, look at the name tags of everybody in there, the bank tellers and everybody sitting at the desk, and tell me how many vice presidents are in there, right? 
All of these people are vice presidents of the bank, and, and it's not just by magic and because they, they're good at their jobs. I mean, they could be, right? They could be good at their jobs. But what it is is that these banks are putting whole life policies on their key employees, and they're practicing the same concept. I want you to go look it up. Let, let's maybe talk about this. Jim, Jim Harborough. Jim Harborough, there was this article on ESPN, November 16th of 2016. Cash value life insurance makes Harborough College football's top paid coach. So they are using the cash value inside of their policies to pay for his salary, and they're recapturing and recycling all of those dollars. How about this one? Let's talk about Disneyland. Walt Disney wanted to start Disneyland, but after failing in the tr pursuit of traditional means of financing, Walt decided to provide his own financing that came from collaterally borrowing money from his cash value life insurance. So who would have known if, if Walt Disney didn't go in and he didn't have this policy, who knows if, if Disneyland would even be around today because conventional banks wouldn't finance or give him the loan that he was requesting to start Disneyland. Let's talk about another one. Ray Kroc with McDonald's. Ray Kroc took a salary for the first eight years from his policy from his whole life policy to help with cash flow and to pay for salaries of his key employees. He also used some of the money for an advertising campaign for, for the mascot that we all know the name of as Ronald McDonald. So go look it up. Even Ray Kroc with McDonald's is using this concept. Let's talk about one more. The pampered chef. You know, using $3,000 she borrowed from her life insurance policy, Doris Christopher started the pampered chef in her suburban Chicago home. And by 2002, the company had grown into a $700 million operation. After that, not shortly after, Warren Buffett bought Pampered Chef for $1.5 billion. Billion with a B. Holy crap, it, that, that is amazing to me. So, in my opinion, I think everybody just needs to go out and do their research. You know, the infinite banking concept, it's not an investment. It's not about the rate of return that I can get on this policy. It's about storing and being in control of your life and your wealth. And as Warren Buffett put it, as simple as this, you know, if poor people would just start doing what rich people do, they wouldn't be poor anymore. I encourage you to go out there and start researching what the elite and what the wealthy are doing with their money. And I don't want you to reinvent the wheel. What I want you to do is mimic and imitate exactly what they're doing. And by that, we'll just start to recycle and recapture all of our dollars. So that was kind of just a brief overview. I can go more and more into this concept, but what we're doing is really we are just putting our dollars into our own privatized bank where it's earning us an uninterrupted compounding on the money. And then we're taking the money out and going and buying the products and services or investment avenues that we want to do in life.
So now that you know a little bit about it, I encourage you to go out and do your research. Go to infinitebanking.org. You know, go to our website, themoneymultiplier.com. Look at our presentation. You know, go out there on YouTube. Watch, watch Chris Noggle. Chris Noggle, N-A-U-G-L-E. Some people might know him as he's very active in the real estate world. And, and he actually had a, a show on HGTV called Risky Builders. And actually, Chris Noggle was a financial advisor for 16 years with a company called New York Life. And New York Life never taught him anything about this. And it's kind of interesting because even people at the home offices of these insurance companies that we work with, they don't even know this concept. We, we need to go out there and we need to start educating the public of how to take back control of their lives. So again, go find out more, www.themoneymultiplier.com. Um, if you like this episode, please give it a thumbs up, a five stars, comment on it. Uh, tell us what, what you like. Give us some suggestions of some more topics that you want us to dive into. But we are here to help and serve you. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to this today. We are always here for you. Again, this is Hannah Kessler. I'm signing off now. Talk with you soon.